With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Short rebound grab by J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith dribbles it to the far side, throws the hill. The game is tied at 107. We're going to overtime. J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. He dribbled it out to midcourt. What, what is he doing? Well, that's J.R. Smith. He thought they had the lead. I thought we were ahead, and I, I would have just held up to the ball and let them foul me. But we, clearly that wasn't the case. Uh, J.R. Smith is today's sports person of the day. Remember, <laughs> remember, these are not always honors for greatness. Sometimes they're <laughs> honors for notoriety. Uh, as I always point out, 1939, Hitler was Time Magazine's Man of the Year. So oh, anything oh is, uh, you know, for his his uh, importance to the world. And, sure. and today, there's nobody more important in the American sports world than Earl Joseph J.R. Smith III. Uh, yes, he he was uh, his daddy was a junior. So uh, Jr. became Junior Junior, I guess, or something like that. Right. An interesting cat, to say the least. And last night, uh, in Lonnie Smith style, <laughs> he uh, he he got the rebound and took off, much to the mortification of uh, LeBron James, who was standing there pointing and looking. <laughs> and, like, what are you doing? Yes, what are you yeah. doing? Oh my gosh! And. After the game, now Tyron Lue came in and told all the reporters that Jr. thought they were ahead, and everybody else kind of shrugged and said. And and LeBron got very upset when uh, what's again? It was Mark Schwartz. Mark Schwartz kept beating on him after the game and the press cameras, wanting him to rip Jr. Basically, and uh, but Jr. decided between from the time he talked to Tyron Lue and to the time the reporters got to him. That uh, indeed he thought they were he, he knew they were tied and he thought they were going to call timeout. So that <laughs> that looks good. Interesting cat, right? Yeah, and and what's interesting too, Pat, is they you know everybody talks about the gaff at the end of regulation, which was the the elephant in the room, but people forget about the blunder that he had before halftime, where he was trying to go for the steal on Steph Curry whiffed miserably, left Steph open for a 35-foot three-point shot as time expires, which is like a layup for Steph Curry, and Steph drilled it and tied the game right before halftime. 
Uh, came right out of high school. Uh, yeah. Was back in the high school days. First round pick, 18th overall. Uh, was picked by New Orleans, but did he, uh, yeah, New Orleans. I think he was one of the last briefly, ones to, one to be last, a high schooler, yeah. Last high school guys. And he's uh, he's been an odd ca- character his whole uh, life. For instance, 2011 and 12, during the lockout, he went to China to play, mm-hmm. which a lot of people did, but he never thought about getting a, uh, a an, an opt-out in case the NBA started again, so he had to wait till the season was over in China yeah. before he got back here to play for the uh, for the New York Knicks. He can make some threes when he's hot, but uh, I don't know. That might have been the end of him in uh, Cleveland. That's for sure. Well, that that's the thing, though, Pat. He's he's in uh, he's under contract for next year. I think at about fourteen million dollars. Really? Yeah. Well, after they won the title in twenty sixteen, they gave sure. they gave him. A big contract, and they gave Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson got like an eighty million dollar deal, and Jr. still got. Uh, I think next year's fully guaranteed, and the year after that is partially guaranteed. Last year he's hurt half the season. Yeah. He only played in forty one games, averaged eight point eight. This year he only averaged eight point three. Uh, you got him to shoot threes. He's six six guy. There's no athlete, and of course he became famous when Cleveland won the. Uh, title for showing up uh, for the championship uh, Much parade. Much to the dismay of the mayor. The uh, championship parade without a shirt, looking like a guy who had not been to bed since they won the game, right? <laughs> right. Two days later. Yeah. And the President of the United States of America, basketball nut Barack Obama said, "Jr. put on a shirt." <laughs> and when Barack House. is telling you to put on a shirt, you better put on a that shirt. That was at the White House, right? At the reception. I think so. When yeah. They came back. Yeah. But uh, Jr. Smith, <laughs> you know what though? And we're going to be uh, talking to Ash here in a few minutes. You know what the NBA got? You know what drives the NBA's popularity? Conversation. Yeah. And you know Debate. what they you know what they have going on today? Conversation. conversation. Endless crazed yeah. conversation. Mackie and Judd screaming at each other on uh, <laughs> on the uh, morning show about uh, the NBA and how messed up it was at the finish, but all anybody talking about today is game 1 of the uh, NBA uh, finals. After last night, yeah, J.R. Smith. I just i i i went off on him on Twitter last night, and I just can't. It 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 just it was beyond. It's like (laughs) because my thing is this, Pat. Okay, George Hill goes to the free throw line. Yes, he takes the first free throw. What? So if 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 you're he he makes the first free throw, ties the game at one hundred seven. If if you're J.R. Smith, and you even then, if you're assuming that you have the lead. Just out of pure reflex, you, <laughs> you should look up, up yeah. look up, peek up at the scoreboard, see how much time is left, so you can just get a sense of what well, we to do, do when here, something right? happens. And then, then you can look up and say, "Oh, I thought we had to leave. Actually, it's tied." <laughs> you know, like, but it's like he didn't even do that. I don't understand it. It was a tie ball game, and we had a timeout. Smith said, "I tried to get enough space because obviously KD was standing right there. I tried to get enough space to bring it out." To maybe get a shot off, and then I looked over at Bron, LeBron, mm-hmm. and he looked like he was trying to call a timeout. So I stopped, and then the game was over. <laughs> Great effort by Kevin Durant to box him out, too. It, by the way, uh, anyway, it was uh, uh, Jr. was uh, you know immediately thought of Lonnie Smith's not in second base. I will say in Jr.'s defense, Lonnie Smith, nineteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety one World Series Braves win the World Series if Lonnie doesn't. 
stop at second base for no foreseeable reason. Yeah. We're still waiting for him to come out of the back of the clubhouse <laughs> to answer for himself. JR at least answered yesterday. I'll give him yeah, credit he, for that. He faced the music to his credit. He lied about it at I first, think, but I think he'd be the guy to come in here and play for Tibbs, to be the six point to be the three point shooter. He might have loosened old Tibbs up. What what do you think? Well, him and Tibbs get along? He, oh boy. He wouldn't let Tibbs bother him. I don't think anything bothers JR. I, yeah, I just wonder if if Jr. does stuff like he did last night. I I don't know if Tibbs would. <laughs> no, I, I think either. the little bit of hair that Tibbs left has left on the top of his head would probably be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm having a little fun here, but uh, <laughs> Jr. Congratulations, you are the sports person of the day. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. Before we get started here, Ash, how many years have you been at NBA.com now? Uh, Let's see. This would be nine. Did you have any idea how amazingly over-the-top interest could become in this league when you started there? It, It has changed in a decade. I know you were covering the league a long time before that, but... It's incredible. There's nothing else being talked about in America today than last night's game. It is. It is pretty remarkable. I mean, we all understand the NFL is, you know, still and forever. Yes. Apparently, well, maybe not forever with yeah. CTE and, and stuff like that. But has been the 800 pound gorilla um, on, uh, in the sports room. But yeah, the NBA. The global reach, although that really doesn't have anything to do with most of the you know, interaction and exchanges that we see um, on Twitter, I think a lot of that is just domestic. Yeah. I, the, the nature of the players, the accessibility of you know these guys as personalities, um, whatever it is, no. I couldn't have foreseen it. I don't think the NBA could have foreseen it. I think they're in that realm now of... No publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> the political stuff, where yeah, right. You know, even the Brian Colangelo, um, you know, tawdry, <laughs> curious episode going on out, uh, going on uh, with the Sixers out there. Even that somehow just enlarges the NBA. <laughs> it is amazing. So anyway, uh, you've uh, covered a lot of NBA games. And supposedly the rule changed in uh, three, four years ago that they could see if somebody was in legal guarding position. Have you seen that uh, call, the, that they changed the call like that uh, once they looked I, at it? I don't recall ever seeing I don't. I, I know I've never seen it live mm-hmm. anywhere. I don't recall ever seeing it uh, in a game that I was watching, and yet I saw I've seen a couple of plays that have been you know pulled out and put on Twitter, um, you know that show apparently uh, a charge being turned into a block or a block being turned into a charge by virtue of this rule. It's a it's a Pandora's box kind of a rule yes. where under the pretense of one specific thing are his feet. Anywhere near, are they touching yes. the line or in the restricted area? Based on that door, it opens up all sorts of things where, all right, now we're going to judge his position as a legal offender, blah, 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 this and that, and the other thing. And so these cascading options, to me, is just kind of odd because it's not there like that for other infractions. Yes. And I think that's what drove people crazy in the moment. First of all, they didn't know about the rule because it's so rarely <laughs> called or enforced. And then the idea that, okay, we're going to go check the replay for this, but while we're over here, 
you know, we're going to put this toothpaste back in the tube. And I, I think that's, even with the letter of the law, it, it, it hits some people wrong. Well, I, I agree with what you said on Twitter that uh, everybody's now saying, well, it was obvious he was outside, uh, you know, the restricted area yeah. and legal in, uh, you know, but it, we're watching it from above, as you pointed out, not down on the floor like those guys are. Yeah, no doubt about it. They want to get it right. There was hesitation between, you know, local legend Ken Maurer, <laughs> guys, and uh, Tony Brothers. And, you know, one uh, Tony Brothers was going to call that a blocking foul. Yes. You could see his arms go up, and he's about to bring them down towards his waistline in that classic uh, signal. Meanwhile, uh, Maurer looked like he was calling that a, a charge. So that that discrepancy, I think, is what sent them over under the guise of guys might be a little <laughs> bit too strong and conspiracy fueling, but certainly with the with the opportunity of let's check where LeBron's feet were because they're at ground level and, and they're looking at six feet. Yeah. Jeff Green and Durant and LeBron all in that small space. And so with that they went over there and then lo and behold, oh look what we, we've seen upon further review. So I think they got the call right. It just drives people crazy, yes. the method by which they had to get to that. Yeah, because somebody can go to the basket and get knocked down and clearly get fouled, and you can't go back and look at it and say, well, that was a foul. You know, if you happen to be looking at to see, if you happen to look to see who knocked the ball out of bounds and you see somebody get mugged, you can't say, well, we're exactly. going to go back and call a foul. So that's, you know, the only place well, I've seen this on judgment calls now is the Canadian Football League will let you call interference if you if you go back and have a replay? And boy, is that a mess! So uh, I think there really is, and I think you're suggesting or hinting at the same thing. This is really opening up uh, a lot of options for uh, replay here. Well, there's other issues. I mean, with replay, you look at things in slow motion rather than re- real time, or at least you include yes. slow motion, and and things can look different. When Draymond Green took a whack. At, at LeBron's undercarriage back in 2016 yeah. and got suspended. There was no foul called in the moment. Yes. And only when they went back and reviewed it and they saw, oh, look, look where his hands go. He's going to hit him where? Oh, you know, and that that sort of sent them into a tizzy over it. And I think when you look at things in, in slow motion, you can get a, um, a misrepresentation as much as you can get a finer look. The other thing that drives some people crazy on this stuff is why are the final two minutes of a game Yes. You know, so sacred. And the first 46 <laughs> minutes, oh, well, we shrugged that off if we blew it or we didn't, you know, get it quite right. And I think the NBA needs to give them one or two per game for any sort of a judgment thing. Yeah. Have some penalty, a free throw, whatever, attach somehow, figure it out. This notion that, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to extend the time of the game. How about we do this? We get rid of any clear path reviews, yes. which are insane and, and hard to understand what they're doing. You yes. know, there's ways you can you can nip and tuck and still allow for the first 46 minutes to be reviewable in some way, shape, or form on judgment that they're currently not. Well, uh, beyond that, it was a hell of a basketball game, and LeBron's stature as a basketball player has never been higher than at this moment, I don't think. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean... You know, uh, he's. I don't know how you want to define your your all time whatever. I go generally, you know, top five just because there's five sure. guys in a basketball uh, starting lineup, and I usually go by position. And you know, he's my small forward. I, you know, I know that much. Um, Michael Jordan's my shooting guard. You know, uh, Kareem or Wilt is my center. But um, 
if it's Mount Rushmore, fine. If it's top three, top two, fine. Um, I don't know. You can, you're not going to get a definitive answer, right? None of us is going to know because there's too many apples and oranges situations. Yes. I want to see Michael Jordan. I'd like to have seen him play in this era of not just no hand checking, but with floors spread, defenses spread out the way they are now because of the use of the three-point shot. You know, Michael, Michael Jordan had the room to roam like LeBron does, you know, without a defense pack in the paint. You know, maybe we see a different Michael Jordan. I mean, you can extend whatever changes in style or rules to pretty much players of every era. I, I think uh, you and I are on the same wavelength on uh, how, okay, it's Michael or LeBron. Well, what happened to Wilt? He averaged 50 points a game. I know it was a different league, but he averaged 50 points a game. And uh, and, the, and the next year he led the league in assists because everybody gave him hell for not passing the ball enough. I mean, yeah, I mean we, it, it's... It's it's yeah. silly to have have the that every time you mention LeBron you got to argue whether he's better than Jordan or not. It, I don't think there's ever been a six nine two hundred and seventy pounder better than this guy. Well, you know what? To be honest, I was going to mention that with the block charge stuff. I mean, we're still dealing with a sport where you know guys that are that size, maybe not that size, but say you know six seven two twenty five. They're falling over like feathers at times when they set those, you know, they set those, uh, to get in position on a, on a, on a driving player. It's like, I wish that somehow they could get past that, that these guys, um, they don't fall over so easily and yet they have to in order to get calls from officials. But no, you're right. On LeBron, I mean, he's, we've never seen anybody quite like him. Um, you can enjoy what he's doing. I mean, it is remarkable and I, 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 I used to be a little hesitant to, to try to judge a guy before his career is done, but I think LeBron is sort of, you know, even as a work in progress, he's already, if he were, you know, pulled up by aliens tomorrow and never seen again, I mean, he, he, he's gotten enough done that you, know, you can say that, that he's right there at the at the top. Steve Ashburn, our NBA.com, is with us. Uh, J.R. Smith never fails to disappoint in being interesting. That is, uh, whether it's going 0 for 14 or making a bunch of threes or showing up for a parade without his shirt on, whatever it is, it's always interesting. You know what? I saw somebody on Twitter, and this was a great angle. I wish I'd thought of it. Um, you know, we 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 ooh and ah, LeBron and those kind of guys, uh, but we kind of go through life as J.R. Smith, don't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. uh, you know, you, you mess up in some of the most boneheaded ways, and you, oh, you know, it's a Homer Simpson thing, and and uh, uh, you don't usually see it at this level because these guys are elite athletes, and and uh, for a guy to sort of uh, brain cramp on on the score of a game um and and pretty much you know everybody except jr <laughs> yes. was copping to that last night he he obviously had a chance to get filled in and maybe watch a replay because he knew too that the that the cavaliers had a timeout you know i mean yes. i thought maybe that was it but he, he was afraid to call timeout himself because he didn't want to pull a chris weber to mention another famous uh, guest yes. but um yeah it, it, he's He's always been a mixed bag, pros and cons, things to help you, things to hurt you. I think the things to hurt you are outweighing, you know, the help you side of the ledger these days. And and at age 32 or 33, whatever he is, I mean, I think he's in a fairly rapid decline. But, um, you know, he stood in there and he answered all the questions. I was in the Cavs dressing room afterwards, unlike George Hill, who kind of snuck out a back door. Um, he, he stood in, Jr. and... Uh, you know, 
he might have lied to us, but he still stood in there. Well, you were uh, covering the 91 World Series with us. I compared it to Lonnie Smith, except we're still yep. waiting for Lonnie to come out of the back room to tell us what <laughs> happened, right? At least JR stood there and talked about it. But I think these guys are all better off if they fess up, don't you, with the public? No doubt about it. And, and uh, what I saw is that this afternoon, like in the next hour, uh, they're doing. They're not having because of the two days off in a row before Game Two on Sunday. They're not going to have uh, them available to us at on the court over at the arena. You know, all the players. They're going to get. We're going to get the head coaches, and we're going to get one player from each side. And Cleveland has got George Hill going to talk on a conference call with any of the reporters that want to. So he, you know, a little bit late, but he is going to. He missed a free throw. Yeah. A basketball task. You know, no biggie. He's an eighty percent shooter. Could have won the finals game in a, in a dream situation that turned into a nightmare. But other than that, George, um, yeah, but he is finally going to uh, uh, to address it. So good for him. That's a great memory on Lonnie Smith, though. I mean, I remember him sort of coming out and, and a couple of, like, surly-looking uh, fellows accompanying him <laughs> to make sure that nobody uh, pressed the issue uh, in a walk-and-talk sort of a deal. Yeah, well, it was uh, – It I, I was – I was hoping that the Cavs won just because I think that would have made it a better series, but it was still a heck of a ball game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it, all the hand wringing about how are we going to have any interest in these two teams for the fourth straight year? And you know, I thought that the gap between them was pretty much what it was last June when it was a five-game yeah. Warriors victory. So, and and lo and behold, nobody was complaining about boredom. You know, by the time that game was over last night. No, and uh, you didn't have a print deadline either, so that's good. Huh? <laughs> oh, I did see so many of my colleagues. Uh, Fred Kerber from the New York Post who had like three different deadlines. He's <laughs> frantic. He's frantic on a you know on a Sunday picnic. Never mind um, yeah. deadlines on the West Coast <laughs> trying to send the stories back uh, back east. And yeah, he he lives by a motto of uh, write poetry in a boiler room. But uh, he was failing by that standard, okay. I think, last night. Hey, Ash, thanks for your time, sir. Uh, keep it going. It was a you know, good start to what could be some fun here. All right, Patrick, thanks. See ya. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. And uh, we shall return with the Ride with Racy. Our options, Mr. Hyder, listening to this, or uh, you spewing nonsense for the next six minutes. But I suppose, huh? The band is the Friday musical selection this week by Mr. Ricey. Here's Johnny Hyde. This update sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Firestone Complete Auto Care, keeping cars running newer, longer. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Twins Indians again tonight from Target Field. Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins. Carlos Carrasco for Cleveland. Your Twins lineup, uh, Brian Dozier, Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano, uh, hitting cleanup. Logan Morrison, Eduardo Escobar, Max Kepler, Robbie Grossman, DHs, Ryan Lamar's in center field, and Bobby Wilson is catching. You're not going to be offended if I keep listening to this in Q. Yeah, I see you playing drums yeah. over there. Thanks. Yeah, I love the band. Don't get mad at me. Well, I love the band too, but you know we have a job to do. Chris. Got it. Gophers baseball team. <laughs> Wow. Open up the NCAA tournament action tonight. The Ghosts playing at Siebert Field. Meet Canisius at 7 o'clock this evening. Uh, this afternoon, UCLA in the same tournament uh, scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth, beating a Gonzaga 6-5. to five. Gophers win. They would now play the Bruins. So you, you you said they scored four in the bottom of the ninth to come back and win That's that correct. game. Well, yes. how, do, you, do you know what the situation was? Did they Were they down to like their last out or anything? I don't have any idea. That's pretty cool. Sorry. That is pretty know. cool. Uh, Lynx in action tonight. They're at home playing the Phoenix Mercury at the Target Center. Lynx are 2-3 and three on the young season. 
Uh, linebacker Michael Kendricks kicked off the week by visiting here. He uh, worked out for the Vikings. He's ending it by meeting with another team. Kendricks moved on to Oakland to meet the Raiders after wrapping up his visit with Minnesota. And according to multiple reports, he's in Cleveland to talk with the Browns today. Kendricks was Hey, you could be on a team that's going <laughs> to pro- probably be a playoff team or you could go play for the Browns. Uh, did you see uh, uh, Hugh Jackson today jumped in the water to cleanse the team, basically, to, you know, start over? This is like Tony Soprano or Tony Sperano. Uh, Ber- what, what did he do when he took over the Raiders when that. they were 0-4? No, they, like, no. buried something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. That stuff is so but dumb. Well, it also raised thirty grand for oh, okay. a good charity. Okay, okay, so okay. then I'm not going to rip it. Uh, Kendricks was released by the Eagles last week. He said after his visit with the Vikings that he expects to have a decision next week about where he will play during the 2018 season. He's also said he's looking for a spot where he can play a big role. Minnesota United with the rare Sunday night game this weekend. You'll hear it right here. There, I think, okay Kenny, there? I think Kenny had a hairball. Continue, please. They're on the road to play. <laughs> Sporting KC, 7 o'clock Sunday, uh, the pre-match, and 7.30 kickoff on 1500 ESPN. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers forward Kevin Love will not be suspended for Game 2 of the finals after stepping onto the court while he was not checked into the game when a scuffle broke out in the closing seconds of Game 1. Yahoo Sports first reporting that Love would not face a suspension. No, there's no supervisors, obviously, in no, this building right we now. Are either. Unsupervised. <laughs> unsupervised. No update's been given on Tristan Thompson, who might face a suspension after he shoved the ball in the face of Golden State Warrior forward Draymond Green in the closing seconds of game one after already being ejected. Well, hey, someone has to be responsible and work past, you know, two thirty on a Friday afternoon in the summertime. It's gonna be us. That's a good point. That's right. Uh remember Jimmer Fredette? Oh, yeah. Uh, Who he uh, play for now? Well, he's actually playing in China where he's a star. Mm -hmm. He's a star in China. Uh, But he'll compete in this year's edition of the basketball tournament with one goal in mind. He says he wants to earn another spot in the NBA. What's the... Oh, Jimmer, just stay in China. You're... They love you He's probably making money, right? He's making... Yeah, just do like what Stefan Marbury did. Just stay your behind over there. You're you're fine. They love you over there. You're going to come over here and you can't guard anybody and just... Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, Josh. What's the, what's, all right. what's the basketball uh, tournament? The basketball tournament is a $2 million winner-take-all event that will air on ESPN this summer. Uh, let me see if I can find out. This year's TBT will feature more than 50 players with NBA experience and a handful of players who competed in the NBA during this past season. Is this different from the Ice Cube thing? The three, whatever? Yeah, this yeah. isn't the Ice Cube thing, right? Okay. No, this is this has been going on for a while, I think. A few years. Uh, for, is the Ice Cube thing still around? I mean, is that yeah, still a league? Yeah, they're, they're, he was just on uh, ESPN just the other day, I think. He, okay. he was on SportsCenter just the other day talking about hmm. the, the Big Three coming back. Uh, for Dat, who is already 29, oof, uh, said he'll honor his contract and play another year in the Chinese Basketball Association. He's a star there. Uh, the number 10 pick in the 2011 NBA draft, uh, Fredette averaged six points per game in five seasons in the NBA. He said his time in China has helped him mature as a player. Russell Wilson and his wife, Sierra, are the latest to put their names and money on the line to try to bring a Major League Baseball team to Portland, Oregon. Local group Portland Diamond Project, whose mission is to bring baseball to the city, announced the quarterback and singer are new partners. No financial details were announced, but a source said all partners in the venture split the costs equally in the effort. Uh, Wilson, he's also a partner in a venture to bring the NBA back to Seattle. So uh, he's he's got his money and hmm. fingers in everything. We're not going to another city until Montreal gets a team. Okay. That's, that's, that's your ruling? That's my rule. Chris yeah. has a rule. I wonder if, I wonder if Russell's like, 
consulting with Paul Allen because you know Paul Allen owns the Blazers yeah. Yeah. in Portland. So I wonder if he's uh, well. If Sierra's all Seahawks. for it, I mean, I just you just do what she says. That's kind of my rule. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Johnny. You're welcome. Final segment of the ride with Racy here on 1500 ESPN. Let's head on over to Siebert Field, where the man himself is checking in with a pregame report on the Gophers matchup today with Canisius. Canisius? Yeah, that's where we're going with Canisius. What's up, Ricey? Well, uh, it's I, we were talking earlier about the frightful parking situation here. It's Uh-oh. not quite as bad as it was. Oh. If you, okay. I, I didn't realize this, but they now have. So you're over on the street that runs behind Ritter and Mariucci. What what number is that one? What street is that? Fourth? Is that Fourth Street? I'm not sure. The one that you know, you, you, the one way going downtown yep. is uh, in front of the building, and then the one behind there. So you get in that ramp there that's back behind Ritter Arena, only charging you six bucks today. And you uh, walk up the hill a little bit over on the other side, and there's a path uh, through the new facilities, uh, kind of a walking path between the new facilities that gets you over here. So you don't have to take the big circle route that you used to have to take to get to Seabird. So it's uh, 15 minutes to get here. That's nothing. And once I know- you get out of the car, 12 minutes maybe to you, once you get out of the car, and it only costs 6 bucks, And uh, they got her uh, sold out tonight. They put up a little... Uh, couple of uh, temporary bleachers uh, down a little bit down behind third base, and then again another little open area behind first base. So they, they increased the capacity to some degree here. So Because you said yesterday it was 1,500 capacity for a regular game. What are they going to yeah, probably expect would, tonight? Yeah, well, they, but they've probably got they probably can, I don't know how many people they're going to let stand, you know, so 2,000. 2,000 will be a full house probably. So this will, And they, they will do that no problem. And there will be a buzz tonight, which is uh, which is pretty cool because it's our first regional since what year again? Remind me, uh, two thousand. They uh, had, they hosted a regional at uh, at Seabird Field, at the old Seabird, and uh, and then the last time they won one was nineteen seventy seven. That was the Molitor team that uh, made it to the College World Series and got eliminated in three games. Uh, and before that, it was the Winfield team seventy three that. Uh, you know, had Southern Cal beat and got beat, and then if they had they beat Southern Cal, they would have, <clears throat> excuse me, played another game to uh, against Southern Cal to uh, see if they could win the NCAA title. We did get an email too, Patrick. Uh, I believe it was from Jim, and because of the weather situation that's uh, looking bleak for tomorrow, what, will they just push everything back a day then? So, would you have two games then on Sunday and then two games on Monday? Yeah, yeah, I would think so, and then push it back till Tuesday, too, if they had to play another game. I don't know. How's the weather forecast? Sunday's supposed to be gorgeous, right? Yeah, today's going to be... I would imagine what they do, though, is they play more games on Sunday. They they change the schedule and play a... Uh, probably the game scheduled for afternoon tomorrow would be played at 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And then the other teams might play at noon. I, I would think they'd try to catch up on Sunday, then, if they have to call them out. I don't think they'll... I, I I think you would uh, get knocked off the one game a day schedule and have to play two on Sunday, especially if it's a nice day. Yeah, the forecast Sunday, Pat, is looking like a high of seventy four and sunny skies, so it's going to be a yeah, gorgeous day. Yeah, it looks yeah. like. I suppose what they they don't want to uh, 
you know, they want, if they're fighting rain all day, they don't want to try to play a game at 10 o'clock at night or something. So, so what's been, but I think the scheduled times Saturday are the same as today, right? I, yes, seven. yep, I believe so. And it's what's been cool is a lot of you know activity on Twitter surrounding Gopher baseball and the star-studded cast of the celebrities that are showing up. Eric Decker just uh, posted a photo of himself at oh, at really? Seabrook okay. Field, which is really cool. Could have been a fine, fine Gopher baseball player if uh, if the coaches hadn't been such weenies and allowed him to play, but they wanted him to work on football in the spring. The, you mean the football coaches wouldn't let him play baseball? Yeah, the football coaches wouldn't let him play baseball. That was Brew, right? Yeah. Was he? Did he have his whole career with Brew? I think he did. I think. Well, I think his freshman year was with Mace. Okay. Mace, yeah. And then yeah, the rest Mace, of the way he's with Brew. Yeah. And Adam Weber was coming in. Yeah. He. Uh, well, I don't think Mace was very excited about him playing baseball either. But he terrific baseball player for Cold Spring and gave Cold Spring a bunch of money. Yes, he did. Yeah, we played in the state tournament that was up there a couple of years ago, and the the, the remodeling that they did to that ballpark because that's such a great baseball town, Cold Spring, and the remodeling they oh, yeah. did because of Eric Decker is is really really cool. Yep, that's probably uh, uh, top three, four baseball town in the in the state. All of them, Cold Spring, and I mean it comes and goes, but as far as you know, cities with a little bit of population to them, Cold Spring's unbelievable. So apparently in the game one today, we had four runs scored in the bottom of the ninth inning, sir. How about that when you lose your uh, lose the opener of your uh, of your region? I think uh, if you were a Gopher fan, you were probably rooting for uh, Gonzaga to win that game, too. Get UCLA. You know, that, the team who's your number one challenger, you want to get them in that loser's, loser's bracket, bracket as fast yeah. as you can, so they got to use up their starting pitching before they get a chance to play you. And I know- Here's the Gopher trouble with the rain tomorrow, though. If you're fighting the rain... And you know your your ace starter is the Frederick Fredrickson kid, and you, you you think you might get stopped after three innings or something. You got that old yeah, deal of uh, you know you don't want to waste your pitcher. So it'll be interesting to see how they would approach it if they're fighting the rain tomorrow. And I know that you're uh, you know you've been you've been big on the Gopher baseball team all year. Are we expecting them to advance out of this region? I think. 60-40, yeah, but not uh, not more than that because UCLA is good. And, uh, you know, it, it, plus it's baseball. Kanish, this Kanish's team they're playing beat NC State this year 3-2 to two at NC State's host in the regional. They also beat uh, Ohio State a couple of times. And, you know, Ohio State's in the tournament, too. So they're not – it's baseball. You don't – they're not really – sometimes you get a real chump, you know, who can't catch the ball and stuff, but I don't think this is one of those teams – when you look at their schedule and who they beat, they're they're competitive anyway. So. Yeah, a six to five walk off victory for UCLA that was on earlier today. Man, what alive. these what these golfers do incredibly well for a college team. And if you want to know about a big improvement in college baseball to be in the last ten twelve years is the way they catch the ball. I mean, this is a very good defensive team. Uh, Coffee's terrific at third. Babbler's terrific at short. Luke Peterson at second. Uh, they moved the catcher, Cole McDevitt, to first, and he's, he's just okay there so they can catch Eli Wilson every game because he's excellent. And the outfield is, I mean, Mazinga, Boxwell, and uh, the Smith kid or uh, who's ever playing right field, they're, uh, they're really good, too. Uh, they're really good in left and center field, too. Boxwell is a hell of a center fielder. He can run. Very good uh, fielding team. 
You notice how I don't use defense. Yes, you do, and that's what I love about you. Um, So the athletic... I used to give give the manager of the Twins hell for you. (laughs) defense so uh the athletic i think it was chad graff did a profile piece uh on john anderson earlier today and i have never yes. heard this quote before and i'm sure that you have pat as well as as deep as you've covered go for baseball over the years but back in 1975 fighting a shoulder injury and getting poor grades in school john anderson got some good advice from go for baseball legend dick siebert the quote was siebert told me afterward You've got your ERA and your GPA mixed up, he said. That's the last time you'll pitch here, so I suggest you get serious in school. What a great quote. And, uh, you know, the other thing about it, when he took over, now Siebert was a full-time employee. Then George Thomas became the coach. Siebert died in 78. George Thomas became the coach. He was the head of the Williams Fund, you know? Yeah. So they just let him keep that job and made baseball coach a half-time job. I think I've told you guys this. John's first year, first four years here, he was a part-time head coach and was working at Emory Air Freight. Wow. That's yeah, incredible. It was, a, it was a harp time. And uh, Rob Fornasier told me that Sid is the guy that beat up Gil to give John Anderson a, a fourth, to put him on the staff full-time. So. And it is truly remarkable the way that he, the program he's built down there, given that I, they're in a war, you know, a cold weather climate and everything else that they have to fight against. Yeah, you know, I think that he's uh, he really let that bother him for a long time, and I think he's got a little more relaxed in his old age, and he's got his ballpark now, and he's got a decent facility, and he's uh, he's, he's only sixty three years old. He's been coaching here since eighty two, but he was only so. What's that make it when he started? 26, I was going to say, his mid-20s, yeah. That, that tells you how serious Gil was about the baseball program, which, which he starred. He gave a 26-year-old kid who'd basically been a student manager the job, expecting the worst, I'm sure, and right. ending, up with, uh, ending up with a hell of a problem. And they can't get rid of him. <laughs> no, and I don't know why he would. Now, Fornasier is a year younger than him, and he's quitting. So I, I don't know what John has in mind, but I doubt if he'll quit. Yeah. All righty, sir. We'll let you go, and we will talk to you again on Monday. All right. Thank you. Yeah, there he goes. Patrick Royce live from Siebert Field chronicling uh, the Gopher Baseball Regional. And, you know, if I didn't have a game tonight, Manny, I would have made the trip down to Siebert Field because it is pretty cool that the regional is taking place right here in our own backyard. Yeah, and it's been, uh, by the sounds of it, it's been a long time coming. I mean, 2000, I think Pat said, was yeah. the last time we hosted a regional here. So, I mean, that's that's a big deal, and and... You know, we're getting a, a nice, uh, a nice night for it. Now it might be pretty iffy tomorrow with the with the weather, but Sunday, if they can make things up on Sunday, uh, Sunday looks to be a beautiful day. So yeah. it's a, a good weekend for this. All right, so let me ask you this. Let's transition back to the NBA. We just have a couple of minutes left here okay. in this hour. Um, I shared something with you off the air, and I think I know you think that I'm nuts, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think Cleveland's going to win the series. And I, here's why I base it. I know that they let game one get away. And, and trust me, I've been accused of saying some really stupid things on this radio station. Yes, you have. I just, <laughs> I see the Warriors march through this playoffs completely different from last year where they dominated everybody. They have less dominance to them this year. And I think it's number one. They just don't seem to be in sync. But number two, I think they got a little bit bored, and they think they can always flip the switch. Flip the switch, yeah. But last we night... We saw Shaq and Kobe's Lakers do that a lot. In, up until heyday, overtime, yeah. Cleveland was the better team last night. They just, they just were. 
And if not yeah. for J.R. Smith being a bonehead, they might they might have because you knew once they went to overtime that they were cooked. There was no right. way they were going to beat Golden State in overtime. I, I, here's what I'll say. I I think. See, I think it's going to be the complete opposite. I think last night, if Cleveland was going to win the series, I think that was the game last night because it was right there, and then it just got given away by J.R. Smith at the end of regulation. I think it's I think it's opening the floodgates now for Golden State to just go on this run and just take them out and dispose of them pretty pretty quickly. But they didn't um, win. They were they were down 0-2 to Boston. And I get it. Boston's mm-hmm. not. I'm not comparing the two teams because Boston's not in Golden State's you know league. I I completely. But they get are very that. good. But they were down 0-2 to those guys, and yeah. everyone thought, all right, well, he got him to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just one of those people that until LeBron is eliminated, I always believe in him because. Sure. I always will take the best player on the uh, you know uh, on whatever team he's playing for. I will always just yeah. believe in the best player on the court. I think they can win the series. It, the problem is is they're going to cuz here's the problem Cleveland has. LeBron James was unbelievably good last night. Mm-hmm. Like he we know how good he is, but last night he was a an absolute beast and they still lost the game. I know. So the only way that they can win a game in this series is if he has a similar performance to that and you can't have what J.R. Smith did. You can't have that again. You can't have Jordan Clarkson giving you nothing. I mean, you know, Kevin Love was pretty good last night, but can he repeat that? I don't know. It's going to be tough for him. Please tell me you posted the J.R. Smith video you showed me off the air to Twitter. Yes, I did retweet it, yes. Uh, Tell the people what you showed me because it's spectacular. Uh, It was a meme video of J.R. Smith in the play last night. He's running, and then they doctored it up to have him run to the liquor store and get (laughs) Hennessy. It's great. It's hilarious. Follow my Twitter, MannyHill84. I retweeted it. It's fantastic. Oh, my God. All right, my man. We'll see you on Monday. You got it, man. For everyone here, thank you so much for tuning into The Ride with Royce. We will leave you with our Friday musical guest, The Band, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.